0: Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. Thank you for joining us on this new episode of Season 3 of Bring Up Creativity. I am your host, Danielle Bonte, and I am a full-time entrepreneur and the lead graphic designer of my Toronto graphic design studio, Danielle Labonte Designs. I'm on a mission to inspire creatives like yourself To pursue your creative dreams, one podcast episode at a time. Whether you're new here or an Avid listener, I'm incredibly happy you're here and I'm really excited about today's all new episode. To start things off, I am joined here today with Kezia, who has been a licensed advanced medical esthetician for 11 years with a passion for treating certain skin conditions, overall skin health and rejuvenation, hair loss treatment and scars. Kezia started her business, Feed Your Skin, to help empower and teach her patients about how impactful skincare is often simpler than what we think. Thank you so much
1: for joining me today. I am so excited to have you on, Kezia. How are you doing? Thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited as well. I'm doing well, you know, just keeping busy and moving along. (laughs) Like we're all trying to do. (laughs) Exactly, that's right.
0: I love to start off podcast episodes with a fun little question, kind of like an icebreaker before we start hopping into the hard topic of medical aesthetics, because I know we could talk about it forever. I'm here to learn more about it, and so are the listeners. But let me throw this one your way first, okay? What would your go-to coffee or tea order be?
1: So it's funny, because coffee is my main thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm Italian, I love my espresso, my cappuccino, like just give me that and I'm happy. But otherwise like just a good old brew or the odd mocha, like whatever, you know, things like that. But I do just prefer my coffee black and that's it. If I have a tea, honestly, it's like maybe a peach tranquility tea from Starbucks or like any bergamo like with Earl Grey or something. Those are kind of my go-tos, you know, if you were to ask me for sure.
0: No, I'm the exact same way. Give me my espresso first thing in the morning. But other than that, if I will add to it, it'll it'll be like a cappuccino in the afternoon, or it'll be a tea if I want to just spice things up at night. I never really go for tea for my caffeine though;
1: it's just like a nice little treat. I agree. Doesn't have enough of that kick for me. I need that coffee. But a treat is good. (laughs)
0: Exactly, and it's the Italian in us, all right. Like we we need it to start our day. Let's just go back for a little bit, okay? I want you to introduce yourself, tell us about what you do and how you got into the medical aesthetics industry.
1: So I have had a passion since I was a little girl for like skincare, skincare, really. It wasn't even so much makeup. You know, a lot of little girls, they went into their mother's makeup bag, right? I, used to, I always noticed that. And then I used to instead go kind of like straight for my mother's skincare. You know, Mm. when I was a little girl, I would look, I mean, back in the day, would my mom use ponds? That's all they used, right? So I would go into her skincare and find what she had. And so it's kind of no wonder I became, you know, the person I I am today, you know, and I wouldn't really have it any other way. I started in the medical aesthetic industry back when things were still a little hush-hush. People were still pretty shy about getting skin treatments done. I remember when, like, laser hair removal was... Kind of just starting, but other things were were taboo. It was like, oh, what is that? Right? I kind of started back when. How do I put it? The laser machines were big. They were rough on your shoulders. Took me hours to do a full body hair removal. You know, (laughs) like that's that's when I started in the industry. This was eleven years ago now, and people might think, well, that wasn't that long ago, but it it actually was long ago, especially for medical aesthetics in terms of how much technology has evolved and how much things changed. So again, I, I started back when dermaplaning wasn't a thing when medical grade chemical peels were actually more prevalent and more available in Canada. And it was great. What was interesting, as I say, is that the part of, you know, the the base of every skin modality really, really hasn't changed. The techniques have just improved. Companies have updated their technologies and their techniques, which means, of course, as a medical esthetician, you know, I'm constantly being updated and educated, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, so there's, there's a lot to learn in the industry and you never stop learning as is with most people's industries, really. But I feel like with this one, it's, it's quite calm. It's quite uh, consistent in terms of uh, getting educated and learning new things. And you know, that's what I like because I'm all about educating my patients too. I love that about you. Thank you. And you know what? I I don't like to just throw things at my patients and be like, okay, thank you for coming. Yeah. This is what you need. Let's get started, you know, next week or tomorrow. Like I'm not like that. I feel like it's a little bit Tacky. Like I'm like, you don't want to do that. You want to. I feel like today people want to be educated. And I'd rather you come to me, right? Yeah. And me talk to you about what you're getting into rather than you leaving and going on Google and getting all the wrong information, then calling me and be like, I don't want to it's do this true. because I'm scary. Right? It's like, no, like, forget that. So this is why I love to have my like 45-minute skin consults with my patients. I love that. I talk to them about it, make it fun. So instead of you know, also bombarding patients, you know, with offering like so many treatments and just, you know, some treatments even overlap in some ways. Like, yeah. I'll be honest, some, some medical cosmetic clinics and med spas and all this stuff, they have a lot of treatments that do the same thing, but whether it's like a laser or a yeah. pen, or pen, right? And they might, some might say to you, oh, well, because it's very specific and one's for this person and one's for that person. I understand that, but at the same time, it can be redundant and you as the consumer wouldn't know. And then you kind of go in there and you're like looking at a menu of services and you're like, what's all this? Like, it's too much to look at, right? So some things are quite overlapping. And I truly believe in the KISS principle. It's keeping it simple, not the original KISS principle, keep it simple for your skin, <laughs> which means it's a bit different. When I, what I mean by keep it simple for your skin is I create niche treatments and skin packages for patients that I've been able to choose and, you know, curate over years of working with so many different modalities. Yes. Right. So they're very, they're very curated because none, none of us are the same. We're all created That's uniquely different. and differently. Right. And we each have our own skin and our own backgrounds and whatever it might be. So things have to be curated and tailored very much so. I love that. Right. It can't be like, yeah, Danielle, don't worry. I'm just going to do for you what I do myself. Like,
0: (laughs) give me a good laugh though.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You'd be like, hey, I'm not going to give you my money, but I'll take (laughs) it. Right. Like it's ridiculous, but that's how funny enough. A lot of, you know, clients that come to me, they tell me like, that's kind of how they feel when they Mm. go to other places. You know, they're like, I feel like I'm just kind of thrown, like having things thrown at me.
0: Yes. I could see that.
1: This is also part of the reason why I'm still a medical And part of the reason, you know, why I still love what I do, because I'm like, let's, let's change that. I don't want you to think like I'm like any of those other places or like any other medical out there. I'm, I'm very into educating my patients, into curating things, tailoring things. I always love how, you know, by the end of my consultation, it's like my, my patients seem to kind of drop their jaws, so to speak. Because it's like they love the information they received and and now they now they know better and of they course. know what they're getting into and how the treatment and how the skincare will genuinely benefit them on a personal level. Right? I could see that because
0: not only are you providing an impeccable tailored service, but you're also wanting to educate your patients in the best way possible. So it's great because they get to walk out with a plan that they can try for themselves. And I'm sure you have amazing recommendations for what people can do at home. And then they come and visit you and then they receive your impeccable services that help out their skin. And you touched on so many like amazing things about your business and how you work, because I truly believe no matter what field we're in, we offer something different based on how we work, how we communicate, how we view the field. And from what you've said, it seems like the industry from when you started 11 years ago, it's truly been growing and expanding. And it probably will for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 ongoing. It's continuously going to grow and expand. And yes, there's more and more estheticians coming out and um, getting certified, getting the credentials, but you have so much experience. And honestly, the words of magic that you said is that it's unique to your clients. You're Mm -hmm. tailoring it to them because as a consumer and as a potential patient, I like funny story, I I got my first facial and I have to say, I don't know if I'd run anywhere just to (laughs) go get a facial. I was at a spa Yeah. No, you're going to laugh. I was at a spa and I thought, you know what? I don't want a massage. Let's get Mm -hmm. a facial. And I didn't get asked a single question about my skin. So Mm -hmm. I had to actually say, hold on. I have extremely sensitive skin. Yeah. So I also have like birthmarks and I actually have scar burns. So can Mm -hmm. we talk about a plan here? And she said, okay, I just, will take away the exfoliants. And I thought, wait, but if I have sensitive skin, We we might actually need to look at other things too. Um, Anyways, I was way Mm -hmm. too passive because yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I guess I didn't stop her. I should have stopped her when I came back home. I had acne, I had redness, I had patches. It was so bad. So for you to come on here as an experienced professional, and it almost seems almost like a perfectionist as well. And what you do, you want to make sure that you're providing an impeccable service that someone will know exactly what you're going to do before touching their their skin in any capacity or their hair. I know you offer some services in regards to hair too. You're going to lay it out there for them exactly what you're going to do and
1: explain that. And I love that about you. Thank you. And I appreciate you saying that. Oh, and don't worry. I got a whole spiel on facials later. We'll talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please do because I probably won't do it again. And I'm sure yeah. there's people listening in that are going
1: to love facials. I know some people love facials. It just oh, didn't, yeah. it didn't work for me. I, <sighs> I feel like, I mean, I don't know if you want me to say it. It's just, it's kind of <laughs> it was one of those misconceptions or myths about medical aesthetics. Yes. My, it, that's just it is facials.
0: Oh yeah. I will love to dive deep into those myths with you because I am sure there are so many that all of us are unaware about. And I'm excited to hear more about that. I just want to start off by saying, not only do I commend you for how you work, but I know you also wear a million different hats and we know that about entrepreneurs, but yes. I don't know. I, I can just assume that you have to understand biology and science You have to Mm -hmm. provide amazing customer service. Your time management probably has to be impeccable as well. You have to be organized. Mm -hmm. And up front, I do feel like there is a lot of creativity in medical aesthetics. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I would love for you to explain how you kind of proceeded to grow
1: in this industry and advance these skills. What did you do to get where you are today? So kind of like what you said, like, you know, I will say this. Although my job title was a medical citation, you know, that's what I, I went to school for and all that. I tended to wear many hats, like yes. you said, right? At my, places, at my places of work, yes, I wear many hats now, but even at my places of work, I was working in generally, mainly with plastic surgeons um, and other doctors, other doctors as well, but mainly plastic surgeons and dermatologists for these past 11 years. That's how I was working, right? Yeah or 10 years or whatever. And um, I wore many hats. It wasn't just medical aesthetics. I was always willing to learn. I was always willing to take on new tasks, even some daunting ones. I had to help out like with patients, even at the front desk, dealing with like other uh, medical concerns, not just medical aesthetics. So although at first I wasn't too happy to be taking on so much responsibility, I would say at the very, you know, start of my my career, yes. I did it regardless. And And, you know, now I truly appreciate how much that kind of all taught me. From working hand-in-hand with intelligent plastic surgeons and in business development and to giving educational skin seminars, right? As well as managing even websites, believe it or not. I even had to go learn how to do like SEO things, learning from our marketing wow, teams. Wow, okay. Yes, like when I talk about hats, I'm like, hey, just g- give me one of those hats. I'll do it for you, you know? <laughs> Constantly updating my education and receiving certificates for being taught on new technology and and devices. You know, really, all of this and more has helped me to advance my skills towards creating my business. And so, if you think of, really think about everything I just said there, I mean, you can tell there's customer service, there's creativity, there's there's this, there's that, there's organizational skills. Mm-hmm. Because again, I wasn't just a medical esthetician; I had to help out as a medical office assistant. I had to do business development and help create packages and and sales and uh, create promotions and packages that would suit specific patients, like I said, right? And then even work, you know, like I said, hand in hand with the doctors, all this stuff, it'll helps you to kind of create specific skills for yourself, right? So right. Work any of it really.
0: Absolutely. And it led you to where you are today. I know sometimes we want to hate the moment. You know, if we look back 11 years ago, did you enjoy every second of that Probably not if we're going to be realistic. I mean, I know I didn't enjoy my first jobs, too. I remember thinking this doesn't even fall into the realm or the scope of what I'm trying of where I'm trying to get at. But if we didn't kind of, I don't know, I guess hold that massive ball on our shoulders and almost create like a hunch on our back, we wouldn't have grown again and we wouldn't have fixed things and learned from things and we wouldn't be where we are today because exactly. uh, if you think about it, if you hadn't taken on those roles, do you think you'd be a business owner, an entrepreneur, and a, the amazing medical aesthetician you are today?
1: No, and you're right. I have to say, and that's why I love this question, because I'm like, no, when I really thought about it, and I was it's like, no, I wouldn't be. Because so I I appreciate those doctors who kind of threw me into the lion's den, so to speak, and it's said, great... well, this is what you can do. I, yeah. I, I appreciate, I give an ode to all of them. So I appreciate all the help, <laughs> really. No, truly. In the moment, you
0: think, really? Like, I'm, I don't even know if I'm getting paid enough for this. But in the long run, it pays off genuinely. And, yes, and of exactly. course, yep. there's nothing perfect. Definitely really crossed my mind. Yeah, literally. And, and, there's, and there's nothing perfect about what we do today. As much as I will say to anybody, I am so passionate about what I do. I'm happy yes. about what I do. Nothing's perfect. We're always growing. We're making mistakes, but I truly believe if we didn't go through the harder ones in the very beginning and we started from scratch, we started from zero, we wouldn't be at the level that we're at today. And because you learned creativity along the way and you still are, and you're being your creative self, how do you feel you feel satisfied in your creativity? As being a medical a medical aesthetician. Do you feel like you're growing from it? Do you feel like it's being satisfied? How how do you feel creative in your day-to-day life?
1: Yes, I do. No, I feel like for sure it's actually I would say creativity is a huge part of it. Yeah. There's so much you have to do and put together just, just to be a medical aesthetician. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of creativity in the industry. Oh, for sure.
0: Hey, creatives, are you looking to bring your creative ideas to life and stand out but don't want to break the bank? It's easier than you think all thanks to Creative Market. Over the last seven years, I have been shopping on Creative Market buy Next Level. Fonts, stock photography, videography, mock-ups, and more to allow my portfolio and clients' businesses to stand out and be seen. Free fonts, photos, mock-ups, and more often make your work blend in while Creative Market is a hub for custom-made beautiful designs that aren't overused. If you're looking to stand out and also support some crazy talented creatives, I recommend trying out Creative Market. Save up to 20% off products on Creative Market by purchasing through the link in our episode's show notes. Enjoy getting creative with unique items made by creatives just like yourself. Now let's get back to the episode. I feel like it would be a lot of fun to create plans for different skin types and determining what would suit them best. Like, I don't know why, but I'm kind of into that kind of stuff. But I feel like that would be creative in itself because not yes. no plan is identical, which means no day
1: for you will be boring. Exactly. Oh, no, it's not. No day is boring. I just, you meet different, you know, especially when it's like a day of new consults and you meet a bunch of people of different ethnicities, different backgrounds, like literal, not just cultural backgrounds, but like life backgrounds, all this stuff, It like I get adrenaline from it. Like the creativity is amazing because you're like, oh my goodness, okay, now I get to put together like this wonderful curated, uh, you know, plan for you. That's specifically for you. And I love it when I tell patients, okay, let me work on it. And then I will like email you your plan or let me give you your plan. I love working on that. That's the creativity part. It's like, okay, let me see what's going to benefit them best. What's going to get them to that happy medium where both me and the patient, you know, my, the patient and I are both satisfied because I'm very result driven too, right? That's also yeah. my creative creativity side has to come out and the results it's what do I do during the treatment to make sure that it's within a safe you know kind of within its safety measures but still getting the patient satisfied right with their results
0: absolutely it's a
1: lot of for sure
0: of course and I actually I feel like a difficult part of it would also be Okay, this is going to sound really funny, Casey, but I feel like you also kind of act as a therapist. I am sure there are some people that come to you and express like uh, what they've been through and what they, they what their skin's been, you know, reacting like to certain things or the past, even probably professionals that they've been to, mm-hmm. and you need to kind of start from scratch with them. And yes kind of dive a little bit deeper. So um, now I'm realizing I got to add another hat to, to your yes. business there.
1: <laughs> I just want that out because, uh, you know, and thank you for bringing that out because it's true. I always said it. Every time I would even come home from work, I'd go to my husband and be like, you know what? I, like today, I was also a therapist. Today, I was also a therapist, like always, because you're right. You're, you're asking questions that kind of dive deep into the patient's or the client's life. But at the same time, those are questions you have to ask. They're important questions because that is what's going to help you create a plan for that specific patient or that specific client. So yes, yes, definitely you are the therapist, but you know what, what's nice is it kind of helps you. It does. It helps you grow. Even as a medical institution, it helps you grow and realize, okay, this is what I have to do with this person. Maybe this is what I have to be cautious of. I've even had a patient who would say, you know what, that treatment reminds me of a treatment that I had to do when I was ill. So I'd rather not do that treatment. I'm not joking. It could be something as simple as like the needle pokes. Maybe the needle pokes I have to put onto the patient, depending on the kind of treatment I'm doing. They might say to me, you know what? That kind of gives me a little bit of uh, trauma. Like anxiety. And I'm like, okay, then you know what? Here we go. Back to the wheel, (laughs) back to the drawing board, so to speak. Back to changing it around, seeing what else I can do to accommodate this patient but also still give them a good result, right? Yeah. So again, this industry, is that's why I say I'm like, this is not an industry to be taken lightly. It's, Absolutely it's not, not not. I mean, I'm taking a nine week course and hey, here I am as a medical station. I'm like, you have no idea what this is like. Uh, it's called, it's not aesthetics. It's called medical aesthetics for a reason.
0: Yes, that keyword, <laughs> medical. Key word,
1: <laughs> taken lightly.
0: Absolutely <laughs> oh. not. And you're, you're, often dealing with, I don't know, I, I, that's why I said like actually you kind of act like a therapist because someone might be insecure about it. You have no idea what someone yes. might be feeling about a certain way. And I, I remember walking into that facial and um, being insecure, I thought, oh, is she going to think it's weird that I have scars? It's, oh, is she going to see my birthmark and think, what is that? Uh, there were like a lot of different things that were running through my head that I personally, when I walked out, I didn't I don't know if I felt as comfortable, but I you seem like a very warm soul. And it and it's great that you ask questions because you can see where somebody's at. So, like you said, there's some things that could spark anxiety for someone, but that's why you're having those deep conversations because you don't know what's
1: happened before. And that's just it. Like, even as something as simple as a scar, you have to ask the patient, hey would you mind telling me where you got that scar from? And you know what? I have some sad, sad stories behind scars, you know, for some patients and I feel so bad, but you comfort them and you do the best that you can. Right. Absolutely. And you speak to them in a realistic way about how you can treat them and what the potential outcome could be. You know, there's just so many, like I say, like it's just, it's all about questions, you know, um, where, where did you get that scar from? How long have you had it for? You know, what kind of treatments have you had in the past? Like all this kind of stuff. So it brings out a lot for sure. I would say that by the end of a consult also, I ask my patients, I'm like, is this hurting your brain? Is it too much for you? Because <laughs> I'm I you do that make- too. And I'm not even right? in your field. <laughs> you,
0: questions matter. <laughs> they, they do because Does you don't know so if you're awesome. talking. Yeah. You don't yeah. know if you're talking someone's ear off. And um, if they're even um, able to follow. So you do have to like check in after you're finished, you know, a couple of sentences and say, I I just want to make sure this makes sense. So yeah, (laughs) it requires a lot of thought. I can only imagine how much
1: thought you have to put into your consults or even your services. Oh, for sure. There's lots of that. That's why I say constantly being updated, constantly being educated. You can't just go into something blindly, right?
0: Absolutely. Let's head back into that we kind of touched a bit on myths and misconceptions because there's a lot. We already know when I brought up a facial, that that's one Mm -hmm. of them. So what are these common misconceptions and myths? Do we want to touch on that facial thing first and then perhaps move into the others?
1: (laughs) Yes. Number one, I would say my biggest is, and my main one would be facials. Facials do not fall under medical aesthetics category. They don't. They are under just aesthetics, right? Which is different. And some people can, you know, talk to me until they're blue in the face and try to convince me otherwise. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that you're passionate about how you feel at being a of medical <laughs> aesthetics, but it's not.
0: Absolutely,
1: As a medical aesthetician, you know, I even though I was taught facials in school, you know, using galvanic uh, systems and all that, that stuff, I remember my, you know, teacher even telling me, she goes, this is part of the program, but it's not medical aesthetics. She goes, I'm just here to, part of the program, I have to teach you that. So I learned it and I did it, whatever. But true medical aesthetics is about long-term results it's about actually treating the skin and it's not about an experience you know per se which is more so what a facial is about right i yes. tell my clients i'm like listen if you want to go get a facial because you want to feel pampered and you just want a nice massage hey go for it but <laughs> is it give you the results that you're looking for Probably not. I would say like 80% of the time people don't get the results that they're looking for. And I know like Instagram and all this, so many people advertising facials, like even some medical clinics offer a facial and it's just like, it's beyond me. Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, oh my, I'm just going to, yeah, no. Like, I'm sorry, but I won't give into it. Like, I just, I can't. Uh, Like I said, even other medical statisticians will argue with me on this and they will be like, no, what are you talking about? There's So many things you can do in a facial. I'm like, first of all, first of all, I'm like, if we're talking about the facial, which has been done for decades, doesn't fall under medical aesthetics. But then you also have, for example, like what people say, for example, in advertising, you'll see something like a microdermabrasion facial or a a laser facial or what have you. None of those treatments are anywhere near what a facial is. These are medical treatments. Microdermabrasion actually started off as a medical. It's called dermabrasion. And it's a form of resurfacing done by dermatologists. Like people, if you, you don't okay. understand what the history is, but the, those treatments are medical and clinical. The word facial in those treatments is more so for marketing. Marketing because people are less anxious about getting a facial than getting a result driven medical aesthetic Interesting. treatment. And I say this because of the country we live in too. Canada, people are still very shy about getting medical aesthetic treatments. It's just the way society is here. So you got to understand marketing, well, you know this, marketing is huge. Mm -hmm. Okay? Everybody knows this. Marketing is big. And sometimes just adding that word in there is less scary. But I'm grateful that today people are becoming less shy of seeing those titles on their own. You know, Definitely. and this is what I'm so adamant on my website, on the way I advertise. I just call it like it is. I've always just called the medical aesthetic treatments for what they truly are. You're getting laser resurfacing, you're getting laser hair reduction, you're getting a micro needling or a micro channeling. Like it's not a, I'm not gonna tell you it's a micro channeling facial. Like there's sure, no need to add I'm, the fluff. This okay, is what you're getting. Then. Exactly. If <laughs> you want me to add the fluff in there, sure, I'll do that. But why do you want me to lie to you about that? And then some people will say, oh, but the word facial about stuff, you. It just describes the facts that we're treating the face. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not just treating the face. We're also treating the skin on the entire body from head to toe. Yes. So you can't say that. All right. So I would say that's my biggest myth and misconception. We could go on and, on and on and on and on about it. But I'll be honest with you, Danielle. Until till today, in my, in my 11 years, I have yet to have one person come to me and tell me, oh, I had the best results from receiving facials long-term. They may have gotten good results for maybe a few months or for maybe for even a couple years. But then all of a sudden, they would tell me like their skin just went haywire, right? It's true. And I'm like it's just, I'm sorry. It's just, again, we can dive into the nitty gritty of it. um, No need for that. It's just, if you want to get a facial, go and get it. But if you're going to come to me and ask me, hey, Ketsia, should I get a facial? I'm going to say no. And that's just because I'm going to be honest with you, right? You're coming to me for my opinion. So let me tell you, if you want to get a facial, (laughs) by all means, go ahead, do whatever you want. I'm not stopping you, but please don't come to me and tell me that it falls under medical aesthetics. It does not. Um, it doesn't matter what. I'm so glad you
0: clarified that because I think there's a lot of confusion and I love that you touched on the fact that marketing is actually kind of softening their approach for it, it's not even just medical aesthetics I find it's for a lot of different yeah. things like we're softening the message to make sure that people go and invest in it buy the product anything like that anything that will attract someone and make them feel comfortable when even in the way I work and the way I approach things I will never I don't know if someone asked for my opinion. And maybe again, it's the Italian in us. We're going to be honest. Like, I'm not right. going to add any fluff. Like, this is what I think you need. This is what I would like to do. This is my proposal based on exactly. what we've talked about. But, you know, there are some tactics out there. There are some people out there that will just say, yeah. And this yep. might, like you said, the facial might help them for two months. It didn't even last a day. And I literally said, to everyone yes. around me, You know what was so bad? I wanted to hide my face because I don't break out. But the way my skin broke out from it was ridiculous. And it was embarrassing to me. And I know it's a little vain and we can sound vain, but it's true. When it's your face and you've just spent money and time, it's unfortunate when you thought there was going to be results that went the opposite way. So your honesty and your approach is almost necessary. And I can, I love that you kind of broke out this myth because so I learned glad. about it
1: too now. And I, and I will never do that facial again. <laughs> no, I'm so glad Because you know what, like I say, like if it's part of your spa package, then fine, do it if it's what you like and you're like, well, too bad. I swear by it. And I love it. Then go for it. I'm not stopping you from getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, like you say, it's, you want me, you want my opinion. You want me to be honest. I'm going to tell you. And it's also just like, people will tell me, well, look, you know, certain mas- facial massages will tighten your skin and it tightens my skin and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's not get into how collagen works here. Cause collagen is a whole other ball game of, You know, a cell—it's such a—it's—it's a a complex cell, and in in order to wake up collagen, you got to trick it into thinking it's being injured, and you can't really create so much of an injury from a massage. So when your face is turning red from a massage, it doesn't mean that you are waking up collagen. You're simply just moving your blood flow around the skin. But to get to collagen is very, very different. So, you know, this is what I mean. Like there's a lot of these misconceptions.
0: Interesting.
1: And I just feel like, I feel like people spend so much. And you know what's funny too is like the pricing is the same as like a microdermabrasion treatment or uh, as, a, as a chemical peel. Like yes. I'm like, You're right. okay, fine. I'm getting all the fluff out of it. Like I'm not massaging you. You want me to give you a neck massage? Okay, I'll give you a neck and chest. Massage. Like, you know, I'll give you a facial massage if you want. But it's like, I'm not there to do that. I'm there to give you result. It's different, right? So, yes, I had to kind of like bring that out there.
0: I feel like you could honestly start a podcast and devote three episodes to myths and misconceptions because there's misconceptions and myths to any field. But you learn a lot through identifying them. And that's why I really wanted to ask you that because I think society, any anyone that's really not a professional like yourself in the industry, we can assume something. Especially if we're marketed a certain message or certain terms. We we start to mix up fields and experts and yes. mixing up aesthetics with medical aesthetics. I think people get, you know, yes. like you said, it gets mixed up all the time when there's a huge key difference, the experience that you need, the certifications, the education, it's completely different. So that's why I'm glad we're touching on this because again, the advertising can misconstrue oh, yes the two different fields. But if someone were to start out, okay, they're coming to you, they don't even know where to begin. What's one piece of advice or something you say to them to be a really good starting point when coming to a medical esthetician for a service um, of sorts? Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's best to leave it in general terms. Uh, Perhaps they have sensitive skin or whatever. What would be the best piece of advice for someone who's just starting out and
1: coming to you? Okay, so number one, skin health requires maintenance. It's the reason why I like to call it skin health. You take care of your health every day, right? We're always looking out for our own body's health, our own best interest, that's great. Your skin is an organ too. It's skin health and it does require maintenance. So when it comes to the care of your skin, if you want it to run well, then you are in it for the long haul. You know, you don't drop the ball on your treatments and you stick to what your medical aesthetic professional advises you. And I tell my patients that, you know, when actually one place I worked at, it was part of kind of the, uh, I guess, part of the, the, not the contract anyways, part of the consultation. It's like you get the patient to sign, like you agree that you are going to do the treatments that I'm telling you to do, right? You're not just going to all of a sudden halfway through be like, ah, I don't feel like it. Bye. Which has happened by the way, because people all of a sudden, they do that, which is um, so disrespectful, but you know, it's just, it's, I like that. I like the fact that you know, people need to stick to it. So that's my biggest advice is stick to your treatments. And for those who don't know where to start, I would say just do the proper research. Don't just jump towards places that offer heavy discounts. I hate, I hate heavy discounts. And it's even a for huge me, red flag. If you want a oh, red flag, that's a red flag. <laughs> it, right? People look at like, they'll look at me to get like like big discounts. I'm like, listen, I offer the main discounts that are on my packaged treatments. So if I create like a package of four, six, eight, or 10, whatever it is for you, you bet I'm going to put a bit of a discount on it because you're paying it up front when it's a package, right? But if you're expecting me to all all of a sudden become like your personal Groupon, you bet I'm not going to. You know, treatments are expensive. Packages are in place to make them affordable, right? So it's different. Now, heavy discounts mean something else and they could even potentially put you in the wrong spot, especially when you're just starting. You know, so you want to seek, you know, reputable reputable medical estheticians, reputable places. You know, like you said, it's a rig red flag. So if you're going somewhere, you see heavy discounts. It's like mm, even laser hair um, reduction or as everyone still says removal today. Anyways, that's another story. But yeah, so (laughs) even that, let's just say LHR. As everyone with LHR, they're always looking for like the biggest discounts. And I'm like, careful, careful. A laser machine is, a real laser machine, like real, real laser is expensive even to us as the clinicians. It's expensive. Why would I heavily discount it? Right? So if you go somewhere where that even laser for for hair removal is so, so discounted, it's like nothing. It's like dirt cheap. You should question that.
0: That's a really good point.
1: You should be like, -hmm. is that a real laser or is that just a light and I feel a little bit of heat and it's going beep, 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 beep. And you're getting no result. So, but you wouldn't know that as a consumer, you wouldn't have a clue, right? You'd figure, whatever. It's a medical aesthetics place. They have a laser machine. Okay, cool. That's where, you know, again, these are, this is my advice. Like, just be very careful and do your research.
0: Absolutely.
1: Or ask, ask someone like myself.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I always say, like, reach out and ask right? questions before you make a decision, And I was thinking to myself, when you made the example of like the machine and these heavy discounts, we may run out and get heavily discounted clothes, but they'll probably break in the wash or shrink as soon as we bring it home. Okay. What's the difference when it comes to our skin? Nothing. Our skin might suffer or we might not even see results. So that's such a great point. So I love that you're saying do some research and truly have a routine. Be consistent treat your skin nicely. If we want to work on treating ourselves nicely, we should start with one of yes. our leading organs that everyone sees on a day-to-day basis. So uh, really, you. really great pieces of advice. God, love what you do. Love how you bring your message across and your mission. You're so authentic, yeah. And before we wrap up this episode, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you and if there's anything they can look out for. So is there
1: anything... Listeners can look out for, and where can everybody find you online? Okay, so you can definitely find me on Instagram, which is Feed Your Skin Aesthetics. So, again, just Feed Your Skin Aesthetics. You can check out my website, which is feeds with an S, F E E D S, feedsyourskin.ca. Support Canada here. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where you can find me and stay tuned because coming sometime early this year, hopefully, I think, yeah, I'll publicly be bringing this in by February or March. I'm bringing in some more things just to help out my clients specifically. And there will be, there will be some light discount, right? That's what I say, light, no heavy discounts here, just, you know, for maybe like the first 20 people that come to me. So I'm going to be offering oh, like something, maybe a little discount here and there for a specific service. Um, so yeah, If you're interested, they can contact me. Absolutely.
0: And to everyone tuning in, all of the information will be below in the show notes. Please don't hesitate to check it out. And also send Kizzy a follow on her business. And be sure to stay tuned about all of those amazing things. Because I swear February and March will be here before we know it. It is insane how fast time is flying by. So thank you so much for joining me again. I am just wowed by your experience and your professionalism. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: I love that. I really appreciate it. Danielle, thank you for having me on here. It was wonderful. Thank
0: you for tuning into today's episode. We're always brewing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you. Our team over here on Brewing Up Creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity. Whether it be checking us out on Instagram at bring up Creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners. If you're looking to join or sponsor an episode, reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episodes show notes below. Thanks, creatives.